Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're trying to conceive a child, but not having much luck. Could there be medical issues preventing you from getting pregnant? How do you know when it's time for a basic infertility evaluation, and what can you expect? I'm Dr. Susanna Park, a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist with the San Diego Fertility Center, and this is Preggy Pals, Episode 72. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant. And I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? <laughs> Gotta make these pants fit! I've got kinkles! What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Have you joined our Preggy Pals Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You'll also get a free subscription to Pregnancy Magazine. Visit our website, preggypals.com, for more information. Also, thanks to everyone who is listening to this episode through our awesome Preggy Pals apps. They are available in the Apple and Android marketplace. We're actually on Google Play now, as well as the Windows phone. And this is the best way, in my personal opinion, to listen on the go, like when you're out pushing your stroller with your little ones, or perhaps waiting for your prenatal appointment. And it's absolutely free, so download our apps today. We do have some amazing panelists joining us in our studio, but if you're not local to San Diego, you can still join our conversation. And Stephanie, our Preggy Pals producer, is here to tell us a little bit more about our virtual panelist program. Okay, so all you have to do is like us on our Preggy Pals Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and when we record our shows we're going to give you a little sneak preview questions and you can be a part of our conversations from anywhere in the world. Okay, if you're on Twitter, follow Preggy Pals VP that stands for Virtual Panelist and we'll be sure to tag everything with that so you can follow the conversation a little more easily and there is more information on our website if you want to check that out in the community section. Right? Be a virtual panelist. Yep. There you go. There it is. Okay, let's meet the panelists here that are able to join us in the studio. Um, I guess Stephanie and I are considered panelists as well. I'll tell you a little bit more about me. As you guys know, I'm the host of the show. I am pregnant with identical twin girls. The due date is December 16th, but we are having the girls via C-section, and um, that has been set for December 2nd. So I'm crossing my fingers. I'll be 38 weeks. That's a long time to hold out for twins, but that that's my goal, my goal date. Um, I do have two little boys at home, Sayer, who is three years old, and Urban, who is about 15 months. Um, Stephanie. I'm Stephanie. I'm 30. I am a producer for Preggy Pals, and I have a baby girl, Savannah, who who is about eight months old. And other than being a producer for Preggy Pals, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Okay, Destiny. I'm Destiny. I'm 34. I am a physical therapist, and I specialize in pelvic floor dysfunction. And I am due November 2nd with a little girl. Um, we decided to find out this time. We didn't find out with my son. It was a surprise, and then I, planning urges took over this time around. <laughs> so um, my son will be three in October. 
And we are planning uh, our second home birth with a midwife. Okay, Jessica? My name is Jessica, and I'm 29. I'm a medical biller, and uh, my due date is March 8th. And we have um, one kiddo already. She's eight. And um, we're hoping for a VBAC this birth. Okay, and Bridget. Hi, I'm Bridget. I am 28. I am a nonprofit fundraiser and grant writer. My due date is December 19th with my first baby. It's a little boy. And we are planning a natural birth with a midwife in a hospital. Okay, and Dr. Parker, I'm going to throw you into the mix here because I know you have a little boy at home. So tell us a little bit about him. Um, I am the mother of a 13-month-old boy who actually was conceived by fertility treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically. I did not to myself. <laughs> um, and he's doing great, and um, he's taking a nap as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my first was via fertility, Clomid, you uh-huh. know, for my first. Uh-huh. Anyone else have fertility go-arounds? No? Okay. This will be an interesting conversation. So, But first, we're going to take a quick break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, before we get started with today's show, we do have a pregnancy app to review. This is an interesting app because it could help you get pregnant or not get pregnant. And it's all about tracking your fertile days. And, and the app is called iCycle Beats. And uh, I downloaded the app the other day. And, and you know what I like about it is it's it's really simple. It's based on a product that they have, a, a bracelet basically, that they have um, that allows you to really easily, you know, be able to see um, when, you know, your cycle started and therefore be able to predict your fertile days and your non-fertile days. Um, real easy to set up the app. You know, you just download it to your phone, you know, you select your cycle date, and then it gives you a nice little visual. You click, there's just a couple little options at the bottom. You can look at your calendar or get a visual of what they call cycle beads. Um, And it literally kind of looks like, you know, just a a circle and it's got different little circles within that. And, you know, if you are in a brown area, that means that you're you're not likely to get pregnant. And if you are in um, a white area, then you are more likely to get pregnant. And of course, everything is according to date. So I'm picturing myself, you know, out and about and, um, you know, thinking, okay, is this a good day or not a good day? And it's just a nice visual because what I've done in the past is like, you know, put little X's on my calendar at home and then, you know, try to follow it that way. But um, for me, this is a much more organized way of being able to view my fertility. Um, But I wanted to get your ladies feedback. So um, I know not all of you had a personal opportunity to test the app, but we did pass around some phones here in the studio so you guys could check it out a little bit. So Destiny, let's start with you. What do you think? Um, I, I like the visual. I actually um, prefer the calendar look than the actual cycle beads okay. visual to it. The the cycle beads kind of looks like, it almost looks like um, what I've seen, um, birth control pill. Yes. Pack, yeah, that like. is what it kind of looks like. A, yeah, yeah, it's like a birth control. And, and it doesn't have dates on it. Right. So I like the, well, I mean, I guess it does tell you which day you're on. but um, It's harder to read, I think, it's than harder the calendar. To read. I, and I 
like the calendar aspect that you can just look on there and see where you're at in your cycle. It's also a good track. I mean, even if you're not really particularly caring about getting pregnant, I, yeah. I like to track my cycle just so I know what to expect and everything. Mood swings and stuff like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I can plan accordingly. So I think it's a lot easier than you said, like putting X's on a calendar or trying yeah. to keep track of it in your yeah, in yeah. your um, regular calendar um, app. So. Okay, like thumbs that. up, thumbs down. Would you recommend it to another parent? Sure, thumbs up. Thumbs up? Mm-hmm. Okay, what do, you, what do you other ladies think? I say thumbs up. Thumbs up? It you like it? You nice, think you could use it? Nice, easy, simple tool. Bridget? Yeah, I've, I've used several fertility apps, actually, because I, I tried for about 14 months to get pregnant. Okay. Um, and I like the visual interface of this. It's really simple. Um, yeah. I'd give it a thumbs up. But for me, I wanted something, when I'm actually trying to get pregnant, I want something a little bit more comprehensive. So something okay. that has a place to put your, your basal body temperature, okay. your other symptoms and everything. But in general, I think for most people that this is this would be a good app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, what do you think? Um, I have also used... Uh, other types of fertility apps and I, I say thumbs up I mean it works it it tracks what it needs to track and yeah it could be more comprehensive I mean that could be a good suggestion to them but I think it's good overall yeah overall I, I would give it a thumbs up as well a nice easy way again I like that it's on my phone I don't have to track down the calendar system um, I think it's only like two ninety nine in the app store so it's not really expensive um, it's something you can obviously use over and over again the nice thing is uh, a lot of people like that it, it tracks your cycles and it keeps that information so if you want to go back and look at a previous cycle sometimes you know if you really are trying to get pregnant you you know if, if you're not completely like oh I'm always 29 days I'm always 30 days or whatever it's nice to go back and see what you were the previous month so I did like that feature as well so it sounds like we're all giving a a pretty pals thumbs up okay thanks ladies if you're struggling to lose weight you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound and you might be wondering if they're right for you meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey if you qualify they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we are continuing our ongoing series focused on getting pregnant. Sometimes you try and try to conceive a child and nothing happens, and that could be a result of a medical issue. Here to tell us more about that is our expert, Dr. Susanna Park. She is a fertility specialist with the San Diego Fertility Center, and she's one of the featured experts on our shows. So welcome back to Preggy Pals, Dr. Park. Thank you, Sunny. Great <laughs> to be here again. What should couples do prior to seeking help with infertility? Like, what, what should we be doing on our own before we say, okay, we probably need to see somebody? <laughs> so there's actually a lot of things couples could do before they come to see us because the more information they give me, the better I can help them. Okay. And speaking of apps that we were just talking about, that's a great segue. Okay. So oftentimes patients will come to me and I don't have a history as to what their periods are like. So it's oh, yeah. so helpful when they whip out their phones and they say, hey, look, here's an app and this is what my cycles have been like for the past five to six months. Oh, great. So number one is track your cycles and it doesn't have to be an app, but something in writing. Mm-hmm. And remember, when we say the first day of your cycle, we consider that the first day of full flow, not spotting. So sometimes when patients come to me, I look at their history and they're counting spotting, but they spot for three days and then they menstruate. So it really looks like their cycles are so long, but they're really not. Okay. So one is track your periods, track when you ovulate. And sometimes you can tell when you're ovulating, but if you can't, you can buy an ovulation kit 
please don't confuse it with a pregnancy kit because they're always sold side by side. They are, right? I don't know why, but they are. And you had mentioned a basal body temperature. You can track that as well right on the calendar when you guys have sex because that's also important. Another thing couples can do is look at your medical history. If you're not medically healthy, make sure you go to your doctor, let him or her know that you're trying to get pregnant and get yourself medically healthy optimally. And another thing is get yourself in some kind of prenatal vitamin. And the truth is you really don't need a prenatal vitamin if you have a very healthy diet. But not everybody does. So what you really need is actually folic acid. Mm. And the minimal requirement is 400 micrograms, which is 0.4 milligrams of folic acid. But most prenatal vitamins have about 800 to about 1,000 micrograms. So it's a really good idea to get on a prenatal vitamin. Okay. How long should we be trying to conceive before we... I, I mean, you hear yeah. you hear the one-year mark. I mean, mm-hmm. is that pretty standard? It depends on your age. Okay. So the standard is under the age of 35, one year of well-timed intercourse, above the age of 35, six months. But having said that, it's really hard, I think, let's say you're 28 and you've been trying for 10 months and you're not getting pregnant and mm-hmm. you really start to get anxious. Mm-hmm. So one of the tests you can ask your doctor for is a blood test to see, hey, do I have enough eggs? And there's a blood test called anti-mullerian hormone. It's a simple blood test you can do any day of your cycle and it gives you an idea that, you know what, you're okay, you've got enough eggs. There's no need to panic yet. There's, of course, the well-known FSH that you do on day three of your cycle, which you should measure FSH along with estrogen. So those are two other hormones you can do and that will then allay your fears that, oh my goodness, I'm running out of time. Right. Okay, good. Good, good. Um, but nobody had to nobody had to do this in here, right? No one had to, to wait and then seek fertility help. Well, or? I didn't end up seeking fertility help. Yeah. Um, part well, at six months trying, I asked my I mentioned to my doctor that I wasn't successful in getting pregnant yet, and I was twenty seven at the time. I yeah, think. I don't remember something like that. And <laughs> she did a blood test to check my estrogen levels, mm-hmm. and they were normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we then discovered actually. Um, I don't want to invade my husband's privacy, but um, <laughs> it was on his end. Yeah, um, he never went for fil- for fertility treatments, um, and then we were. But he talked to his doctor mm-hmm. and um, took Sudafed. Actually, it was it was my husband's a diabetic, and okay. so he had a co- it was a complication related to his diabetes. Okay, and um, that's what eventually ended up working. Yeah, <laughs> um, so we would have eventually, but we were pretty sure it was him and not me. So right, that's why I never went in. Yeah. So, Dr. Park, this kind of leads into the next question. What are some non-medical factors that could contribute to a couple's infertility? So, interestingly, when I see a lot of these histories that patients bring in, sometimes couples have sex way too often. (laughs) Really? Can you blame us, though, really? (laughs) Men, are you listening? (laughs) Every day, for the whole cycle. I sit there, and I'm shocked. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, the first month, it's funny, right? Oh, great, great. Four months later, <laughs> oh, it's my not goodness. funny anymore. And yeah. they're tired of having sex. Yes. So, take-home messages. You cannot be having sex every day because if you do, by the time you're ovulating, there is no more sperm. Yeah, okay, so okay. okay. But the other problem I have is the other extreme is people just work and they're tired when they come home. Right? Yeah. And especially if you are if you and your husband work two different shifts, you're switching off because you already have kids at home and you honestly don't have sex enough and that's really why you're not getting pregnant. 
Yeah. And then another factor, which um, I mentioned, but I mentioned lightly, is sometimes you so badly want to have that child that you have it worked in your head that you're so anxious and so focused on it that you're almost like shooting yourself in the foot. And I don't like telling my patients, look, you really need to calm down because it's implying that they're causing, their stress yeah, is causing it. Yeah. But I do believe that your mental state really affects your physical state. And sometimes you just have to just try to be more natural about it and just sort of have fun yeah which is hard to do if you've been it's, trying for a long time you feel right. like there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure yes you know especially yes. if other people know you're trying yeah it's like every month it's like so you know yes. it's like yes. once you pass your due date then I'm like so where's that baby where's that baby you know it's kind of the same thing you yes. know yes yeah Okay, so on average, what would you say uh, percentage-wise uh, of couples have an actual medical issue once they've been diagnosed and once they, you know, they've gone through this evaluation, as opposed to just a timing issue? Because with my husband and I, it's kind of an interesting story. We we tried for over a year. We could not get pregnant, and um, we started to seek the help of um, a fertility specialist. And we did, uh, let's see, we did overall three rounds of Clomid, but it was two rounds, and then we had to take a break. Um, for just a month. And then and the third round is when we actually, we got pregnant. Um, and then subsequently with our other pregnancies, they were pretty much not oops babies because we wanted to have more kids, <laughs> but it was like, oh my God, we did this on our own. Like the, when we got pregnant with our second, we weren't trying and we gave ourselves high fives. You know, we're like, oh, <laughs> we can do this on our own. So in my head, you know, they did all the testing and stuff, which we're going to talk about after the break. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing came up. They couldn't, you know, find anything. Mm-hmm. So for us, I really think it was a time issue Mm -hmm. you know we were blaming Mm -hmm. it on some sort of other thing but you know really how many people just can't time it right I mean because it is a very Mm -hmm. we talked about this Mm -hmm. in our last episode about Mm -hmm. getting pregnant it is a pretty narrow window of time that's right yeah that's right so what do you think so of couples trying to get pregnant 15% of couples will find that they have a uh, fertility issue okay and of that 15% of couples 85% will have a known medical problem diagnosed Mm. so the vast majority will so it's only a small set right that it's just a timing issue okay yeah interesting okay well we're going to explore this a lot more when we come back we're going to talk about what to expect during a basic infertility evaluation so we'll be right back look bumble knows you're exhausted by dating all the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do i even say other than hey Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back. Today we are discussing basic infertility evaluations, and Dr. Susanna Park from the San Diego Fertility Center is our expert. She's also a featured expert on our show. So, Dr. Park, um, let's talk about these appointments, you know, mm-hmm. first-time appointments. And, and it may be a little nerve-wracking because we already kind of feel that something might be wrong with us. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a topic that's hard to talk about because yes. um, it's related to sex, and that's always kind of weird and complicated. <laughs> so what should couples expect at their first appointment? Okay, so ideally it would be great if both parties were present at the appointment, but you don't have to be. Um, But if you come without your spouse, then try to get medical history on the spouse. So the first appointment, what you want to get as a physician, I want to know, are there any medical problems contributing to the infertility? 
So medical history, surgical history, medications, social history. Do you smoke? Do you drink? Are you currently using drugs? What's your occupation? You may have a hazard at work that's actually contributing to infertility. For women, of course, your obstetric and gynecologic history. How old were you when you first got your period? Do you get a period every month? Do you have very painful periods? Have you had cysts? Have you had sexually transmitted infections? Have you had abnormal pap smears? So all those questions are very important. So really coming in armored with as much of your medical information as possible would be helpful. And then once that's done, I sit down and I basically go over basic reproduction, which may sound so simplistic, but it's amazing how many of us have not been educated on basic reproduction, basic female and male anatomy. So I go over that and I go over how fertilization actually happens. And then I do an ultrasound to make sure there are no cysts on the ovaries, that the uterus has no fibroids. Then I sit down and I talk about just basic options. And it's just, it's just an information gathering session. That's all it is. Okay. And then patients schedule a follow-up visit just to go over test results. Okay, so that kind of leads us to the next point, which is mm-hmm. is the testing that takes place. So, right. so we we go to our first appointment, we talk mm-hmm. with you, we talk about our history, mm-hmm. and then from there, tests are ordered. Correct. And it's obviously different for men than women. So let's yes. break this down a little bit. Um, for women, what are some of the general tests? Okay. What do you do? So for women, you want to focus on three organs: eggs, fallopian tubes, and the uterus. So the eggs, which I mentioned a bit in the past, is blood test. So you want to do the anti-mullerian hormone. You want to do on the third day of your cycle follicle stimulating hormone, which is FSH. And you also want to do on that same test, day three estradiol, estrogen. You also would like, and we do this at our practice. I don't know if it's done at every other practice. We do an ultrasound because we measure something called antral follicles, which is the number of little follicles you can see in your ovary for that month. Hmm. So you use all those, um, the two blood tests and the ultrasounds to get an idea of what that woman's egg count is like. So these are only tests of egg quantity, not quality. Okay. And then to look at the fallopian tubes, you do a test called hysterosalpingogram, which some people know as the dye test. Mm-hmm. I did this. You did. I remember yes. this. Mm-hmm. And it has a bad rap because many patients complain, oh my goodness, it was so painful. And it is for some women, mm-hmm. but it's not for all women. It was, a, I've, you know, I personally experienced a little bit of cramping, but mm-hmm. they told me when it was going to happen mm-hmm. and it was nothing. I've had menstrual cramps that are much worse. So. That's right. That's yeah. right. And then the third test is to look at the endometrial cavity, which is the inside of the uterus, to make sure it's normal. And that can also be achieved by the same hysterosalpingogram test. So the hysterosalpingogram looks at both your fallopian tubes and your uterus at the same time. Okay. All right. Now, how quickly can these tests be done? Like, are we trying to time this at cer- certain times of our cycles, right? Right. How does this work? So the hysterosalpingogram has to be done usually around between days 7 to 10 of your menstrual cycle, counting day 1 as the first day of full flow. Okay. And your hormone testing, the FSH and the estrogen, should be done around day 3 of your cycle. Okay, what if a woman comes in and is very unclear on her cycle or hasn't been tracking it Mm -hmm. for a while, so there's a lot of question marks? How do you usually handle that? Very easy, because these tests just have to be done before she ovulates. And most women who don't know where they are in their cycle are usually women who don't get regular periods, meaning their periods usually come every, every month and a half. And so for them, the timing doesn't change. 
Mm. It's the woman who says, you know, I get my period every two to three weeks. That's the woman whom you have to change the timing a little bit. But women like that know where they are in their cycle because they're constantly menstruating. Okay. Now, and how accurate are these tests? Are these like 100%, you know, or does it just give you a guideline? Or? It's a guideline. Okay. Um, the ED tests are pretty good, but mm-hmm. the hysterosalpingogram has a 15% false positive and false negative rate, meaning oh, okay. the test can come back positive and you still don't get pregnant. And then I decide, you know what, let's do this other test just to make sure things are fine. And of course, lo and behold, your hysterosalpingogram was wrong. So that does happen about 15% of the time. Okay. Okay. So those are the tests for women. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about what the men go through. Much simpler, of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's an unfair world. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) So the men have to give a sperm sample. Okay. Okay. So... But, he, but here's the, the issue. The sperm sample, there is a timing factor related to it. So the man should have ejaculated two to five days prior to the date of that sperm sample. And that's always very confusing. In other words, we don't want the man to have ejaculated the day before his sperm sample because then the sperm concentration will be lower. Okay. And we don't want it to have been a week since he ejaculated because then the sperm will be slower. Okay. So he should have ejaculated two to five days before the given date of a sperm sample. Okay. And he should go to a reputable lab. And what I mean by reputable is a lot of men, understandably, if the insurance covers it, they go to usually a Quest or LabCorp. Mm-hmm. And that's fine as a preliminary semen analysis. But these labs are not, tr- people that are not trained to do semen analysis. And so if, if after that initial semen analysis, things are not going well, he should really go to a real fertility lab and get a real thorough semen analysis because what you look for is the volume of the ejaculate, Mm -hmm. the concentration of the sperm, that is how many million sperm are there in one cc of the ejaculate, Mm -hmm. what percentage of the sperm is moving, and the most important factor is there is a strict morphology criteria called Kruger's where you look at the shape of the sperm. So what percentage of a man's sperm is normally shaped? Hmm. Because normally shaped sperm is what fertilizes an egg. Now, why, you know, why, why does it have to be a certain shape or whatever? Can you explain? I know we talked about this a little bit in yep. that last episode we did. But why, why would a misshapen, for lack of a better term, sperm not be able to meet the egg? Right. Because in order for sperm to fertilize an egg, it has to bind to what's called a receptor on the egg. It's almost like a key in a lock. So if the key is not the right shape key, it won't fit into the lock and unlock the door. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the majority of sperm in a man's ejaculate is not normally shaped. And so you want at least 14% or greater in the most optimal condition of normally shaped sperm. And most men have perhaps 4% or 8%, meaning the majority of the sperm is not normally shaped. Wow. That's mm-hmm. really interesting. Isn't that interesting? So, so in, among infer- infertile couples, very often we'll see in the semen analysis that it's a sperm shape issue. So it's less than what, 4%? Is that what you said? Um, ideally, you want it above 14% normally shaped. But okay. many men will come back at, at less than 14%. 
Wow, oh, that yeah. that amazes me. That's so it How doesn't does, it doesn't <laughs> mean that they can't get pregnant. It's a game of odds, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's what yeah, takes yeah. longer and longer and longer. But but this is among an infertile population. Okay, but that's also what leads to survival of the fittest, right? We talked about this before, that's like right. you know, that's the, right. the, the, those sperm won't work. But we're trying to get the best of the best, mm-hmm. which everyone can pat yeah. themselves on the shoulder <laughs> right now. We are the best of the best. Yeah. We made it here. <laughs> I know it's funny, like listening to all of these statistics and listening to all the things that have to go right. It's, it's incredible anyone ever gets. Uh, I know. It's like, it how, is, how does this happen? <laughs> and I how does know. that happen naturally? I know. And I especially know. on accident. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So we, we do these tests. The tests come back to somebody like you, as a fertility specialist, who analyzes this. And, and then it's what, what, what do you do with these, these results? How do you piece everything together then? So it depends. So if all the tests come back normal, mm-hmm. it's a blessing, right? Because you can right. say, oh, shit, we're all g- fine. But it's <laughs> also um, frustrating, right? Because then you sit there and you look at me and you say, so what's wrong? Why, what, what are we doing wrong? We're timing it right. We're yeah. doing everything right. Why am I not getting pregnant? So you fall into a category called unspecified, meaning we honestly have no idea. We don't know. See, that's what they did with us. They mm-hmm. said we were unspecified, and it's yep. a large percent. It wouldn't, what is the percentage that get put um, in that category? It's about 15 to 20%. Okay. But here's the beauty of it, though, right? In a couple in whom everything is normal, conservative treatment is the way to go. Like Clomid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Start off just small things. Yeah. Stay with the sex theme. Yeah. Just a little here and there. The sex theme. I love that. <laughs> Supposed to the petri dish theme or yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But as the tests come back abnormal, then I know. All right, the sex theme isn't going to work for these reasons. Right. So now we need to talk about more aggressive treatments, such as right. insemination or in vitro fertilization. Right. But if the tests do come back normal, and you've got enough time because your egg test is great, there's no reason why you need super aggressive treatment. Right. Okay, so if one of your tests, and maybe it depends on the test, but mm-hmm. do you have to like get 100% on these tests in, in, in order to, you know, kind of fall into the category of you could still do this on your own? Or, you know, if, it, if it's you flunk one, then, you know, we really need to look at some outside treatment. No, it depends on the test. So okay. let's say she's 28 years old and his sperm's not the best, but it's not horrible. But yeah. honestly, it's not the best. But she's 28. Right. So I'll say to her, listen. Let's just try some conservative stuff. Yeah. Three months, right? Right. And if that doesn't work, then let's revisit this, and then Mm -hmm. we'll do something more aggressive to really address the sperm. But let's say she's 39, and his sperm's not so great. My tune is different, right? Because now she's running out of time. Right. And at that point, I'm going to say, look, we really need to address the problem here, which is really the sperm. But you're also running out of time. So now we need to talk about aggressive treatment. Because mm-hmm. if I don't do this now, you may not have a chance in a year. Right. So uh, there are many. You have to look at all the factors. Sure. Um, to decide how aggressive you should or should not be. Okay. Well, and, and I know this this naturally goes into a conversation about what your options are and stuff, but mm-hmm. we need to hold off on that. We've got a whole <laughs> other episode that we're, we're planning to, to talk more specifically about Clomid, about mm-hmm. IVF. I think we could do a whole episode on IVF. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me. Um, but thank you, Dr. Park, for sharing all this information on our show today. It's always a pleasure to have you on Preggy Pals. We love Likewise. it. Likewise. Thank you for inviting me. Well, for more information about our experts and panelists, you can visit the episode page on our website. And this conversation continues from 
members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Dr. Park will shed some light on why some couples may initially have some trouble getting pregnant and then no problems conceiving future children, which was exactly <laughs> what I personally experienced. So for more information on our club, visit our website at preggypals.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Before we wrap today's show, here's Jeanette McCulloch with some of the best online pregnancy resources. Hello, Preggy Pals. I'm Jeanette McCulloch of Birthswell. We at Birthswell believe that you, as a mother, will make the right decisions for your pregnancy and birth when you have access to evidence-based information and a strong support system. That's why I'm here to share with you new media tools to find the information that's right for you. Today, I'm going to talk about a serious topic, but it deserves our attention. Most of us have heard of postpartum depression, but what we are learning is that mothers can be affected with a mood disorder at any time during childbearing and can include not just depression, but also OCD, anxiety, and, in very rare cases, psychosis. About 15 to 20% of all mothers and mothers-to-be experience some type of perinatal mood or anxiety disorder. If you or someone you know is struggling beyond the normal ups and downs of pregnancy or time after birth, the website Postpartum Progress is a rock-solid peer-to-peer resource. The site was created by mom, Catherine Stone, after her own struggles with postpartum OCD. Here you'll find information written in what she calls plain mama English, meaning no medicalese is spoken here. There's a comprehensive list of symptoms, including warning signs for when you need to seek immediate help. You'll also find information on treatment options, including those that are compatible with breastfeeding. Dads and partners, if you are listening, there's a section here just for you, too. Most importantly, when you're reading, you feel like you are hearing from someone who just gets it. Remember, this is a peer-to-peer resource and not a substitute for medical attention. You can find the site at postpartumprogress.com. You can also find Catherine Stone on Twitter. Follow the link from her website. Thanks for listening to today's tools for finding the information that's right for you, and be sure to listen to Preggy Pals for more great pregnancy tips in the future. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we are talking about episiotomies, tearing, and perineal massage. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. 
While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, mamas, don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.